Hello and welcome to the Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy and I am your host. Thank you so much for tuning in on this wild episode of the SBNY Podcast because we had this whole NBA episode planned out. James Dolan just spoke to the media. on the Michael K. Show. The new NBA draft odds, the biggest storylines coming down the stretch of the season. But no, no, no. We got some big breaking news out of the NFL as Odell Beckham Jr. has been traded to the Cleveland Browns for a first, third, and Jabril Peppers. And I know it's a lot to handle. I know it's a lot to take in. But that's why we're here on the SBNY Podcast, which you can find on iTunes, Apple Podcasts app, Google Play, SoundCloud, maybe on the Team Left Jab Radio Network. If you want to look us up on the Team Left Jab Radio Network, try Stitcher. Try out Blog Talk Radio. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us by searching Sports Blog New York Podcast or Team Left Jab Radio Network. But today, I needed some really strong guests, and thankfully... With the late change of plans with the Odell News, I got two of them. My first guest, my man, Eddie R. Zuman, host of the I Love College Football podcast, my esteemed colleague at The Fan. We talk through the entire situation, what it means for the Giants right now, what it means for the Giants moving forward, for the Browns' perspective, the OBJ perspective, the fans' perspective. We really touch on a lot, and hopefully it helps you kind of take this whole crazy situation in. And my second guest is my guy who's been on the podcast before, Kevin Kennedy. He's a Browns fan. He's an NBA draft nut, NFL draft nut. Sorry there. And he helps everybody kind of take this in. He's a static Browns fan, but he keeps keeps it real when it comes to the Giants, some of the return they got, and what it may mean moving forward. And also, right before this podcast got posted, I noticed that my man Shefty Sheft, Adam Schefter, posted Le'Veon Bell to the Jets, guys. We do not cover that on today's podcast, but Nonetheless, we'll get there sooner or later. Congrats, Jets fans, on Le'Veon Bell. But without further ado, first guest, Eddie Arzuman. Second guest, Kevin Kennedy. I'm your host, Pete Kennedy. Odell Beckham's a Brown. What? Stay tuned. Welcome to the Sports Blog New York podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy. I'm joined with my man, Eddie R. Zuman. My man, Ed Zoo. What the hell? We got some stuff going down with Odell Beckham. He's traded. He's on the Browns. And that's just icing on the cake with all the craziness and free agency. But obviously, this is the most important thing any of us New Yorkers, anyone in the NFL circles can talk about right now. My man, Ed, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Sports Blog New York podcast. What the hell's going on out here? Hey, Pete. Honestly, thank you for having me on. I, I love talking to you, brother. You know that. You know, every day, we see, every time we see each other at the fan, it's always a good time. But this this right here, I thought Odell would get traded. You know, I was actually talking to my buddy this morning. I told him, you know, I think Odell's going to get traded before training camp. I did not expect it to happen, you know, six hours later. Yeah. I'm looking at this trade and I mean, yes, they got a first and a third and, and Jabril and Jabril Peppers is a good player. And I think he's going to be inspired coming back to New Jersey, but man, this is an incredible trade for the Browns and a devastating trade for the Giants fan base. I was expecting to compete. It really did come out of nowhere, and it really stings for a lot of Giants fans. But we do have to be honest here. Some Giants fans are not upset about this. But before we get into all that, Eddie Arzuman, you are my guest tonight. I love college football podcast, ZooBeard77 on Twitter. You are my 
co-worker, my colleague, esteemed colleague, Eddie Arzuman. We work together Ooh. at the one and only WFAN, where I'm sure, as we record this podcast, just a few hours after uh, the Odell news broke, the call lines are just lighting up with people we would love to talk to right now, no? <laughs> Without a doubt. And you know what's <laughs> funny is we probably talked to like a bunch of them already, you know, me and you. Between the guys who are like, you know, between the five people who would call in and defend Odell every time something, you know, would happen and the, you know, 100,000 I would call in and, you know, bitch and moan about him. And then after a while, I mean, you know, it kind of felt like most of the giant fan base was almost anti or like against Odell. But looking at Twitter right now, man. The Giants, the Giants fans that are on Twitter are pretty angry, and I'm happy to see that people do actually did actually appreciate who he was. It wasn't just a lot of those guys that called in and you know would say, "Nah, I don't like, I don't like what he, uh, you know, I don't like what he brings to that team. He's, he's, you know, Eli's <laughs> team, you know, not Odell, you know." <laughs> is that your, yeah, that's is, that our, your is that your old head caller on the fan voice right there? That's that's my curmudgeon voice, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I could only imagine. I mean, after we record, I'm gonna have to tune in for a little bit. We were talking about it before we started recording here. Like, just gotta hear what the hell's going on on the New York radio today. I mean, and even if you think about the full picture of March 11th, 2019, like James Dolan goes on the K show on the other uh, New York radio station, which is obviously yeah. a big deal. He does not do very many speaking appearances outside of his music uh tour or whatever the hell he does there so that was a big deal in and of itself kazoo. yeah with his damn kazoo so he's talking about the knicks he's not selling the team he regrets the phil thing here on and on and on kicks a guy out and that's now completely under the table he's probably pumped that that is not even going to be you know that's gonna be buried in the post now this buried. odell thing is not just a new york story it's a national story so what we're gonna do me and my man, Eddie, are zoom in today. We're not only going to tell you what it's like from the Giants' perspective, because uh, Ed, Eddie here is not a Giants fan. I am, so I usually don't play the role of hardcore fan. I might have to do that on today's podcast, but I will oh, also yeah. – I'm going to keep it real because this is very interesting for the NFL. The Browns are freaking, like, drowning in talent now, and they're going to be ecstatic. They're going to be exciting come the 2019-2020 season. Uh, and you, Eddie, you are not a Giants fan. So explain your allegiance real quick, because I think it's a little bit important. You know, it's only fair to let our audience know if you do have bias. Maybe maybe I have to keep you checked here. So let our audience know your little background from the NFL perspective. Well, I'm a Jets fan. And, you know, my I don't have any disdain against the Giants, but I did have an issue with the way – I do have an issue, actually, with the way that the Giants kind of give Eli this, like – break almost you know like oh you know 31 other teams in the league want their quarterbacks to be the leader of their team and be like you know the big time leader but you know whatever Eli doesn't have to be and it's like Eli's been pretty you know the team hasn't done very well in the last few years any other quarterback anywhere else is getting treated a little differently I think they took it all out on guys like Odell Landon Collins and you know what? Now it's now it's going to be tough without them, and I kind of feel like, in a way, this is almost what some fans asked for. And now, look, this is you got it, you got your wish. Let's see how you do now. You know, that's that's kind of how I feel, especially working at the fan on those overnights, hearing a lot of these guys call in for the last few months. It just, you know, it got to me. 
and I, I feel in a type of I feel a type of way right now. I'm but with, I do I'm not I do not have to stand against the Giants. I do actually root for them if they're in the playoffs. To get to the playoffs for the most part, as long as they don't have to play the Jets. You know, once it once it's Jets Giants, I I don't do that. Like this year, when that one day comes around, I'm gonna be a Jets fan 100. percent Can't can't root for the Giants at all. But I do like to see New York well represented and. It's not a good representation right now, in my opinion. Yeah, and it is super interesting how split it is with this Odell Beckham situation. You can go on Twitter, and you know, usually with a player of Odell Beckham's magnitude, there is a lot of polarization across the country, and like that makes sense, right? So even with someone like LeBron James, you know, he's polarizing to the LeBron haters. Even amongst some Laker fans now, he's kind of polarizing. But typically, like you know, every Cav fan. In, in the world loves LeBron James. Every Heat fan in the world mm-hmm. loves LeBron James. Usually the star on a team is loved by that team. Odell Beckham was so polarizing, even in his own organization, that for the past, like, what, two and a half years now, basically since, what, that boat picture that happened yep. before the Packers playoff game, uh, he, he was pretty much scotch-free before then. You know, some people maybe thought he was a little bit of a diva, but that was a turning point. And from that point on to where we are today, there was a lot of people who just flat out did not like that man. And I have been on this podcast over and over and over again defending Odell Beckham. I actually did, Eddie, once. I did a mini pod. It was about 15 to 20 minutes solo, just me. And I compared <laughs> Odell Beckham to LeBron James. Oh, yeah. Now, okay. I don't know. And my, my, my main point of that was not really on-court on court impact or on-field impact because obviously mm-hmm. basketball and football just don't. They don't. Oh yeah, not like the same. Not the same type of thing. My thing was about Odell Beckham getting that shoe deal, which is brand new for a lot of NFL players. Not a not a cleat deal, a, sh- a sneaker deal. You know, it's very mm-hmm. different. He was pioneering off the field. He's getting paid off the field, and in that sense, he felt like LeBron James as far as a, a persona. Right now, I don't know how that is going to live in history here because he just got traded. And can we imagine LeBron James getting traded? Jeff Van Gundy can. That's another topic. So for me, (laughs) off the bat, just seeing how torn the Giants fan base is, is absolutely mind-blowing. So can you think of another player who, in their own team's fan base, had that much polarization? Because I I seriously cannot. You know, it's it's one of those things where I – and this is how I'll put it. Usually when you have a guy who's your own, you know, he, you drafted him, you brought him up, you know, he becomes a superstar with you. You tend to back that guy no matter what. You know, look at the Steelers with Big Ben. Big Ben got accused of, you know, rape years ago. Steelers fans never turned on him. And he ended up, you know, being innocent. And he's living, he's having a great career, Hall of Fame career. But Steelers fans didn't turn on him for that which most people would turn on you for. You know, you look at a guy like uh, uh, Ray Lewis, you know, he's on trial for murder. Those fans didn't turn on him for that. You know, he's again accused of murder, the guy, and he's probably, you know, I'm not going to say anything, but yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe <laughs> we, he's we guilty the, of it. You get the point. <laughs> yeah. This guy Odell, you know, he's out there. He, he made bad decisions, but you know what? He's a 23-year-old, 22-year-old when he's taking the picture of the guys on the boat, right? He's 20, what, six right now? Maybe not even. He might still be younger than that. We hold these guys in today's world. You know, I'm I'm talking right now. Even five years ago, we didn't hold them to the standard that we hold them to right now. And it's ridiculous. With social media and all this stuff, people have way too much 
confidence in themselves. We were talking about this earlier all over, uh, you know, a little Twitter feed. We were talking about this with the uh, with the Knicks, and everybody's saying, oh, they got to lose every game for the rest of the year. And you pointed out, they could still be the fifth pick, even if they right. lose every game the rest of the year. Yeah. You know, that's what people, people in their heads have their own thoughts, but don't actually look into it or back up their own players. Uh, and that's a different thing, but I'm talking about backing up your own players. Right. These, most Giant fans, or I'm not going to say most, but a good percentage, did not back up Odell after that boat thing. After the peeing on the fire hydrant, you know, and given those the are those are childish or the, the kicking yeah. net, whatever. Oh, the, the net and the proposal to the net, yes, of course. You know, and, and obviously, you know, I think for me the tipping point with I would say at least thirty to forty percent of the fans was probably when he started talking out about talking against Eli. Right. You know. Even though everybody with eyes sees that Eli is done or like 90% done or 80% done, whatever you want to say. Though the most important player on the team, probably other than Eli Manning, uh, says something bad about it, and all of a sudden everyone's freaking out. Oh, no, he actually has something left. He just needs help on the O-line. And mm-hmm. it's just out- outrageous. So now let's get let's get into the teeth of this actual deal, what it's going to mean for the Browns, what it's going to mean for the Giants. So first things first, the return for the Giants is a first-round pick coming up. It's number 17 from the Browns and a third-round pick from the Browns, along with Jabril Peppers, like you mentioned earlier, who is a safety. Massive. A little bit Massive. Of a, he's a little bit of a hybrid safety, right? He can kind of do it all. He's a big, strong guy. Uh, like you said, North Jersey product. So that's kind of cool for him, I guess, to come back home. I'm sure he would have rather played for the Giants if Odell was still here. But uh, yeah. who, who, who's counting? Um, that's, <laughs> that's the trade right there. And uh, I'll go as far as saying... I saw people on Twitter say it doesn't even matter what you got back. Just getting him off the team is a positive. It's the Ewing theory, the Carmelo Anthony theory, addition by subtraction. He's a cancer. He's gone now, so now it's positive, which is absolutely insane to me. But nonetheless, the return is a first-round pick, a third-round pick, and a starting caliber safety, which they obviously need since they just let one walk away. Uh, So initial reaction to the return for you from a Giants perspective. I'm a little interested. I, I, Jabril Peppers is an awesome safety, in my opinion. And if you really wanted to play the game with him, you'd probably throw him on offense as well, like they did at Michigan. You know, have him return punts, have him return kicks. He could be a very important player for that franchise. But when you draft Saquon Barkley in this, with the second pick of the draft, it's, it's hard to go into a rebuild. And that's with this trade, you're hitting a rebuild. Because, in my opinion, I mean, insanely massive return. Very much worth his price tag. You know, first, third, and Jabril, I would say that's his price tag at the minimum. I think what they do, though, just based off of this, I think they're going to trade up in the draft and get a quarterback. So that's where you think they're going? I think they're going to go for it. Because, you know, you got two first-rounders. Anybody anybody in the top three, top four is going to go for that, you know? And Oakland is Oakland was going to be their competition. They may still be their competition for Haskins, but I mean, I'm a Jet fan. If the Giants want to give me a first and two thirds, or two firsts, or a first and a second, anything, I'll take it because we need all the picks we can get. But having two first rounders, two third rounders, and a second—that's a lot of good picks in the in the top 96 of the draft. So, 
you know, they're either going to be rebuilding big time with just a bunch of players or they're going to do, like I said, trade up, get Dwayne Haskins. That's my first thought is they're going to trade up and get Haskins. But, you know, Gettleman has shown us, obviously, over the last year and a half that he doesn't really go by what people think. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> he does not do what people expect in the slightest bit. And let's also just put it in perspective here. Antonio Brown, granted, he kind of set his own situation on fire, uh, was only traded for a third and a fifth round pick. So just, he's, he's also 31. Though. Yeah, he is 31. That is correct. That is definitely a, a valuable point. But he, he was traded for a third and fifth, which isn't particularly close to a first and a third in Jabril Peppers. No. So no. even with the age gap difference, uh, it, it is a pretty decent haul there for the Giants. Huge, and, huge and I, return. I mean, I think it's obvious for the Browns, right, that, like, you know, a safety is now replaceable with uh, when it comes to Jabril Peppers for the, for the Browns. But what they lacked last year was that go-to down the field or really big-time playmaking wide receiver. Like, Jarvis Landry is, is really sh- a strong player. He's very good in between the numbers. Uh, even Callaway showed some signs of, of making plays. Najoku, not quite as consistent, I think, as most people would like. But adding Odell Beckham to that offense is just absolutely insane with Baker Mayfield uh, in his second year. My, my thing here is Baker Mayfield made the Brown, Browns cool, right? He made the Browns cool last year. Mm-hmm. He gave them some swagger. He gave them confidence, the ability to put the ball in the, in the end zone. And now they just added, in my opinion, the, of, the, the coolest player in the league. So the uh, Baker Mayfield made the Browns cool, and now Odell just joined the Cleveland Browns. It is truly a lot to swallow. But when you talk about the Giants and them drafting Saquon Barkley last year, these things just don't line up for me, right? And you kind of you kind of alluded to it. Where does this line up? Now you're going to draft a rookie quarterback, and you're going to give him a running back and a still mediocre to bad O line and no weapons now. Like now, is Sterling Shepard now the number one wide receiver for the Giants? Because we saw what it looked like when Odell Beckham was not there. We saw what it looked like over the past two years. He missed a couple games last year. He missed obviously a lot of games the year before. And Eli couldn't move the ball down the field. Odell's presence has gravity. He creates space for others, even if he's not making the plays. And Evan Engram and even freaking Rhett Ellison, Sterling Shepard, mm-hmm. and they all look better when Odell's on the field. It's just exactly. it's just true. So what is the direction here? Like Dwayne Haskins I mean- or Kyler Murray, what are they going to do now? Uh, are they going to become a ground-and-pound team? Like is Kyle Murray and, and Saquon Barkley going to run the option? Like what's going on? I mean, uh, honestly, what I see right here is that Eli is going to play this year. I mean, regardless of if they draft a quarterback or if they do not, I think Eli's playing early starting the season as the starting quarterback. So I just think that's the right thing to do. However, you alluded to the O-line still being subpar. I I wouldn't say that much. I think it's gotten a little bit better. You know, getting Zeitler in here is a good move. You know, they're probably if they got if they end up keeping both first rounders, they'll probably use one of them, at least one of them on an offensive lineman. So the only thing is you drafted Saquon Barkley last year with Odell Beckham. That's what major teams special. Now you're left with you know, you got Sterling Shepard, who, in my opinion, is better suited as a two because as a two, he can be a very special second receiver, almost, like almost have an impact on a game like Odell can when Odell is there. 
I don't think Shepard's that kind of a player without an Odell Beckham. I don't think Ingram's that kind of player without Odell, especially with Eli under center at this point in his career. That's not saying that 10 years ago, you know, these guys would suck with Eli because Eli sucks. Because, you know, Eli's a great quarterback, has a great career. This is nothing against him. It's just his time is up, and it almost is getting angering. I would say to, you know, starting to piss some giant fans off that, you know, you're siding with Eli Manning. You're going with Eli Manning when he's 37 and 38 instead of Odell Beckham, who could be your future with any quarterback. Any quarterback can throw it to Odell Beckham. And to, to elaborate on your points on the Browns, you know, you pointed out in Joku, Jarvis Landry, Callaway. How about the fact they just signed that boy Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb? And now I know Kareem Hunt has his issues off the field, but he'll be he'll be back at some point. Crazy. He'll be back at some yeah. point. It's true. He might not even get suspended. <laughs> you yeah. know? I mean, we don't know. There's been no word yet, and they're just looking like an absolute juggernaut. I mean, the Steelers did not particularly get better. They lost Antonio Brown. They lost Le'Veon Bell. Ben Roethlisberger is one year older. Uh, the Ravens mm-hmm. lost C.J. Mosley. The uh, entire absolute, defense the Ravens lost stud, today. Yeah, Eric Weddle, an absolute stud. The Darius Smith, insane. Yeah, so they lost their defense, which was their strong suit. They have a rookie quarterback going into next year without Who can't really point. throw it that well right now. Right, lost, you know, and needs, they lost John Brown. <laughs> and and Michael Crabtree's not there anymore either. They did bring Look in that uh, Ravens team. It ain't Ozzie Newton. It ain't Ozzie Newton running it anymore. They did bring in Mark Ingram, I believe, as well. And they got my man Gus Edwards. Shout out Gus Edwards from Staten Island. Hey. But like the the Browns are now looking at that division like, yo, this is our time. Like we are here right now. And I, I actually tweeted this out earlier about your Jets, that the Jets have taken the play out of the playbook of the Eagles and the Rams and the Seahawks in the past. When you have that quarterback on a rookie deal, go out and spend now. You're not paying a quarterback. Pay that defensive uh, edge rusher. Pay pay the linebackers. Pay pay the safeties. Pay the corners. Pay the receivers. Pay pay everybody. Right. Pay everybody you can possibly pay if you're the Jets right now because you have Sam Darnold on a rookie quarterback deal. And now the Browns are like, word, same. We're doing that too. <laughs> we already got Jarvis last year. Let's bring in Cream Hunt on the cheap. Now we got uh, there, there's word they might grab Earl Thomas as well. Odell Beckham. So. This team now has a quarterback who had a damn good rookie season with a team that only got better. The only problem, you know, they do have a brand-new head coach who's never been in that position before, but the talent is goddamn there. And and they're electric. They're an electric team. That's what it is. Let's not forget they got OV as well from the Giants about a week ago in that that Zeitler deal, you know. And and like I said, I think Zeitler is going to be a very good player for the Giants. But that, that... Cleveland Browns team has really hosed the Giants over the last week and a half or week or however long it's been. You know, I I don't know. I don't know what Gettleman's plan. I mean, I guess it's to rebuild, but But, drafting Saquon last year, that's a real oof. I think think that's it right there. You know, I think the people who even say we're a little bit anti-Odell or on the fence hanging towards the anti-Odell side, this is something that now flipped them back to anti-Gettleman or anti-Giants organization, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Because when you really break it down from the simplest point of view, Dave Gettleman, in theory, is choosing an old quarterback over two all-pro players Mm -hmm. right at the end of their rookie deal in Landon Collins and Odell Beckham. And and what does that mean about Saquon Barkley? When Saquon Barkley turns 26 and he's uh, 
possibly the best running back in the league? Like, is he going to be the next one shipped out? Like, what's even the purpose of having Saquon Barkley now if this rebuild is actually the plan? A better question, though, is how do you think Saquon feels right now? Oh, he definitely feels horrendous. Like, he's definitely not pumped about this at all. I mean, you you got to believe that Saquon Barkley looked at Odell Beckham as a role model, whether it be the way Odell Beckham works, because everybody who's ever seen him practice and work only speaks highly of him, uh, even the way he handles himself off the field, to be being that superstar rather than just a great football player, being an actual enigma. Saquon Barkley, I would assume, wants that. Now, Saquon Barkley seems like he has a great head on his shoulders, but you got to think that he looked up to, to Odell in some of those regards, and he cannot be happy with that. I mean, if I'm Saquon right now, I mean, you can't complain or anything, but I would be furious at the way that this is breaking down because why would you draft me? Why did you draft me if, you know what, you had this Odell drama? Because this isn't new. So Daltrom is not new. But the problem you know, is the problem is there wasn't any drama over the past however many months. Like what was really the drama other than the team being bad last year? At the end of the season last year, this is my stance. Mm-hmm. This is exactly how I felt because people were still having this conversation. Should the Giants trade him? Should the Giants give him the extension? All this was happening from the beginning to end of last season. And I felt mm-hmm. very strongly until the Giants have everything else figured out. There's no chance that I'm blaming Odell Beckham. When there's a good quarterback, when there's a good offensive line, when there's a defense that either uh, keeps people out of the end zone or creates turnovers, which they weren't doing either uh, last year, I'm not putting blame on Odell Beckham because none of the other units that matter are that good. If Eli Manning was still 28 and the O-line was protecting him and the defense was getting to the quarterback and the, the team still wasn't doing well and there still seemed to be chemistry issues, then sure, maybe I'd place some blame on Odell being a little bit high maintenance. But with all the other factors just not being at a peak performance level, quarterback, O-line, defensive units... How am I supposed to put blame on him when he seems to be the only one producing? I was not ready to do that. So where where was the actual drama other than media-created or fan-created drama? Mm-hmm. What, well, am I crazy for, for saying that? No, you nailed it on the head. It's all It was media-created drama, you know, fan-created drama, because fans were outraged that he did this or outraged he did that. And then when the media sees anybody on Twitter going crazy about anything, they got to make it the number one story, you know? That's how we live today, and I mean, you and me were part of it, so we're both, you know, to blame as well in a way because you know it's our it's our industry. But no, I won't allow it. <laughs> <laughs> we're not the but problem. I mean, we're not the problem. Would you, would you say that you know Odell? He he almost his his drama that he caused was him almost sticking up for the fans, him sticking up for the franchise. Like he he would say things like, "We should try to get." better we shouldn't live in the past you know and that's he said these things very harsh but at the end of the day he just wanted to win the guy wasn't trying to destroy the organization he just wanted to get back to the playoffs and keep winning and you know when the ball's sometimes five feet over his head he can't even make a play on it it's like it's kind of hard to do that unfortunately too many people made up their minds at a certain point of odell beckham's tenure as a new york giant whether it be the boat picture, whether it be the net or the peeing or the hair or the dancing or whatever the hell it may be, a lot of people made up their mind on Odell Beckham, and there was no turning back for those people. And those people who believe that 
whether it be an old man on the radio who's calling into mm-hmm. me and you at midnight on a friggin' Sunday morning or exactly. whatever it is, or if it's somebody who's young in our age who also just believes that Odell Beckham was not going to help this team back to get back to the promised land and get to the playoffs and get to Super Bowls, which is a possible it's like it's a possible way to feel like it's a possibility that he is not the formula. Let's be honest here. When when you talk about Vegas, I know you and I both pay attention to Vegas lines. We both make our oh. picks and we have fun with it. Receivers, oh, yeah. corners, D linemen, O linemen, whoever you want to name outside of a quarterback do not really change the outcomes of games or seasons. They really just don't. When not if the o- outcomes of seasons, no. Right, like if Odell Beckham is probably the most important skill pl- uh, skill position player in the league based off his situation and his talent, if he gets announced that he's not going to be in a game, the spread's going to go from what? They're going to be plus four to plus five. Like, but if the quarter- <laughs> if a quarterback gets taken out, it can be it could be three, four, five, six, seven mm-hmm. points, eight points if it's Aaron Rodgers. So, what was it? Yeah, exactly. That was what it was with Rodgers last year, right? A seven-point change. Odell missed, what, a couple of games at the end? They only went point? down there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe it was a half-point difference because, you know what? Odell's an amazing player, but he doesn't really, unless he gets the ball, he can't do anything. You know, and everybody always complains, oh, he didn't do enough. What do you want him to do? He, Eli can throw him the ball, and most of the time when he ca- he catches it, first of all, he catches it. And then he'll take it for an extra ten, you know, most of the time. Right, and that's or why- he'll make a or he'll make a one-handed ridiculous catch in the end zone, or he'll make a ridiculous diving catch. This guy was the best wide receiver in the league, and you traded him. Well, you know what? We're kind of that's, that's kinda, where it, that's the thing where it is, bugs me. We're kind of contradicting ourselves right now with this last uh, minute and a half here on the on the Sports Bug New York podcast because we're saying how receivers and skill position players don't have that big of an impact on Vegas odds, on the outcomes of the games. So I think that's a real possibility. I think that's a legitimate way to defend this trade if you are trying to defend the Giants or are trying to defend Dave Gettleman here. Like, if you... All right, so this is, this is, what I'm, this is where I'm going to go here. If you come to me and say that trading Odell Beckham is a positive because of his bad attitude, his distractions, his he's a cancer in the locker room. I, I don't like that. I, I don't agree with you. But if you come to me and say, mm-hmm. I don't think a wide receiver is worth that contract, I don't think his uh, play is worth the distraction or the extra news, Like maybe I'll even allow that. But if you say to me, I don't think a wide receiver is worth that much, I will sincerely respect that opinion. But if you come to here and just say, oh, we could have gotten a bag of balls for him and we'd be a better team, like I, I just can't. I can't take that in. I completely agree with you there. So do we The only th- thing I will say though is that people who are caught up on the money and and you know the worth of it, it's just it's just how it is today. You know, that's just the money that it is. Uh, there's so much money in the league that yeah, guess what? Players' salaries are gonna start going up. You know, CJ Mosley just got seventeen million dollars a year. You know, that's ridiculous for a middle linebacker, but he's worth it, and that's what the market is today. Odell's making the money he is because he's worth that amount of money. You know, not because, oh, you know, he bitched and moaned his way to, you know, 16 a year. No, he earned that much based off of how much the NFL makes now. And you know what? In reality, if you're caught up on how much he made or you don't think he was worth it, you know, that's... That's your own issue because 
you could look at a guy like Alan Crabb in the NBA who made who signed a contract three years, eighteen million a year. You could say, Jesus, Alan Crabb's not worth that money. Odell Beckham was worth that amount of money to me. The only problem with that now is the Giants don't just get scotch free of his money, so they still do. Oh. They do grab some dead cap because of the deal. So uh, I'm reading the spot. It's, six, it's sixteen million for this season, correct? Right. That six, he that they owe. Exactly. I'm looking at spot rack on Twitter. Uh, it's going to be sixteen million of dead cap. So the Giants paid twenty one million cash in 2018. A few months later, they flip him for starting safety, seventeen and 95, 95th draft pick, and now sixteen million dollars of dead cap. So they do kind of lose out. I think the the way the math works out on that, they they do gain I think like five ish million, whatever twenty one point four minus sixteen million. So yeah, five five and change million they do gain in cap space. But they, they it's not like they just get to get home free on all of the money mm-hmm. that they were they were owing him. So it's do me that- do me a favor, do do your best job for me to spin this positively for the Giants because I might have a few ideas and I know when the Porzingis trade came out and I did that podcast reaction wise. I was able to flip that. There's a real way to flip that into a positive with the possibilities of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, yada, 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 all the free agency stuff. So do your best attempt to flip this for pro-Gettleman, pro-Giants, however you can. You have two first-round picks this year. you got to kill it with it. You know, if you can get a quarterback like Haskins, you might not have to trade two first-round picks like I was alluding to earlier. You have two third-rounders now. You have a second-rounder. You could potentially go one, two, three with picks and still have a first and third, you know, only losing out on the second. And with that, you'd be able to get Dwayne Haskins. You'd be able to get another first-round pick in maybe an offensive tackle, maybe a guard, maybe a center. I know center is kind of set, but maybe a tackle or a guard. And then after that, you still have a third-round pick. So you're not really losing as much you see i like it when teams kind of get a ton of draft picks because then you can really start to play around when you have multiple picks in each round i i don't feel bad about trading one of them because i still have my original pick or i still have a pick and that that means more than anything else so what can happen is this team say in two years when saquon's in third or fourth year or fourth year in the league you know this team could be back to it it's sterling shepherd he is a very good receiver you know we shouldn't take anything away from him you know i said he's a very good he i think his ceiling is a very good number two but he can still be a good number one and you know what there's another draft next year there's another free agency class next year odds are this is going to be a rebuilding year it's going to be Eli's last year, at least on his contract. <laughs> so, at least on his ne- contract right never now. Never say never. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, right? Especially even if you draft Dwayne Haskins, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter, right? But, yeah. I mean, you look at it and you go, all right, if you can transition from Eli to a younger quarterback at some point this year, bang, that's one thing out of the way. Hopefully that kid can recreate what Eli did for the first you know, 13 years of his career. Yeah. That's not, that's a big thing to ask too. You know, Eli could be a hall of fame quarterback. I mean, his numbers are great. Winning two Super Bowls is incredible. Not many people have ever done that, but uh, you know, you can get that out of the way. You got Saquon still. Right. 
So Shepard's a very good player. You know, Evan Ingram, a very good tight end, pass catching at least. I think by the end of the year, we liked Will Hernandez. I think uh, oh, Will Hernandez stuck. was my sleeper pick in last year's draft. I was hoping. He's praying the Jets would take him. He started pretty slow. Did. Not gonna lie, he he was not very good in the beginning of the year, which is fair for a rookie, uh, a rookie getting used to the, the, the NFL, you know. But also, Nate Solder wasn't great early on in the year, so maybe mm-hmm. if if Solder looks better, if Hernandez gets better, we now have a relatively young, um, new right guard from Cleveland, like you talked about before, Zeitler. So let me give you two options here. And I want you to pick the best one. And you can go you can go three years down the line. You can go next year, five years, whatever you want to do, however you want to take this. But these are the two options. Option A is the Giants don't draft a quarterback, but they do, however, take Josh Rosen in a trade with the Cardinals and now have Josh Rosen to take over for Eli whenever they may choose. Or no quarterback gets taken or traded for this year. Eli rides it out, and it's a tank for Tua. If I'm picking between those, I'm definitely tanking for Tua. I hate Josh Rosen. Ooh, strong. I can't. I can't even tell you how much I dis- despise Josh Rosen. I told myself last year, if the Jets draft Josh Rosen, I'm done with the Jets. That's how much I dislike Josh Rosen. I hate his attitude. I hate his work ethic. I hate everything about the kid. And once wow. I heard the, once I heard his interview where he goes. Oh, you know, if a coach tells me to do something, you know, to go practice or to go throw the ball, I'm going to ask him why. Oh, wow. Why? Why? Why should you get better? You should get better. That's why. You played at UCLA, buddy. Wow. You didn't play you didn't play anywhere <laughs> special. You know, like that's where that's where he pushed me and you know what? He comes from this entire and this is going to be really into it, but you know what he He's from an entitled family. Oh, you know, wow. his father Deep was cuts. the Surgeon General of the United States, I believe, at one point. You know, so very, very rich family. He doesn't. He's of this Manzel kind of cut, Ooh. where we all ragged on Manzel, like, oh, you know, his family has money. He can quit football whenever. Rosen can quit football whenever as well, and he has a couple. You know, he has had concussions in the past, so it's one of those things where well, maybe he gets another one, and he says no more. Well, if you know, you're I'm talking done. durability or you just hate this guy as a, as a person, I mean, which one? Which one, I just, <laughs> which no, one is I, it? I, th- I think it's both. I think it's both because I think if he takes the shot to the head, he can just say, I'm done. So you think he's I don't think he cares about the game like that much. Person. I, I feel you. So you... I don't think he cares about the game enough <laughs> in conjunction... to be a starting quarterback in this league. <laughs> in conclusion... That's why I would have been done with him if the Jets would have drafted him. Honestly. You made your point I... very strongly there. So in conclusion, oh, let me yeah. just wrap it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> but I would not uh, – could to elaborate on this tank for Tua, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Tua might not be the guy next year. Oh, so you're saying do the double tank for T-Law. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, two years from now. I mean, sheesh. I would. Honestly, whoever gets Trevor Lawrence, that's that kid is incredible. That guy's the that real kid, deal. He's out of this world. If you watched him play, and I, you know, I have, I have my podcast. I'm not going to plug myself. Oh again, man, but, you, you know, dude, you be. I was know. literally just about to use my next moment to <laughs> perfectly regroup by shouting out your podcast, the I Love College Football Podcast with Eddie Arzuman. You beat oh, you me know, to a little it. shameless plug. Hey, a little shameless plug. You can't, you can't knock that. Hey, I'm not but shameless. You know. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just plugging my guest. My guest coming on in a pinch on a Tuesday night to talk about breaking news. I'm gonna, oh, I love I'll, it. I'll plug you up and down, brother. That's a weird thing to say out loud, but, you know, pause. Ooh. Ooh. 
Don't hit, don't hurt me too much though. <laughs> Josh Rosen, <laughs> Josh Rosen, push your buttons. I push a couple other buttons at it right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I do have to say, Trevor Lawrence, watching him this year, you know, game to game. First game he played, I I was kind of iffy on him. You know, it was a Syracuse game where they almost lost. He got knocked out. They had a bye. He came back. He was better. The next week, he was better. And then all the way to the championship, he got better every single game. It was unbelievable. If he can keep up that trajectory, I mean, I've heard comparisons to Peyton, but this kid can run. He's a different type of court. Like, he could be incredible in the NFL. And I, as soon as I was, like, looking at it this offseason, I'm saying the Giants aren't going to draft Haskins or anybody. They still might. He's a Jersey kid, you know. He's from the area and whatnot. He's very good. I think I think if Trevor Lawrence was a Giant, that that, that is a powerful move for the Giants. That's and I mean cool. it's two years away. It's two years away. That's a yeah. long time. That's a long time to wait, but he might be the guy to wait for. So I hate to tell you this. Uh, again, my, my good friend, Eddie Arzuman of the Isle of the College Football <laughs> Podcast, shameless plug, but I am a pro-Rosen guy. Ooh. I am pro Rosen. I think oh I should I say I, I thought, respect it. I respect I, it. I thought he was the most talented quarterback in, in the draft last year. Now I didn't have him number one. I had I had your boy Sammy D, Sammy Darnold. I had him one, Rosen two, Baker three, and Allen four. And I'll stand mm-hmm. by it because Baker Mayfield had all the talent in the world compared to those other rookie quarterbacks, right? I'm not saying the Browns are the best team in the league, don't get, don't get me wrong, but compared to the Cardinals, the Bills, and the Jets, mm-hmm. the Browns were immensely talented. Let the me Car- be completely Car- transparent as well, really quickly. Yeah. I also did not like Sam Darnold, but he showed me a lot this last year. I still I still have some issues, but he has the cojones oh, yeah. that can make him a great quarterback. When you're talking intangibles... It's easy to be like Sam Donald's the guy. Like that guy gets it. That guy has a good head on his shoulders. He's calm, cool, collected. Like Sam Donald's got all that, which made me love him. But Rosen, like, I, I, it was just blowing my mind last year when everybody talking heads or scouts alike are on TV saying, "Yeah, you know, um, if we were just talking about you know footwork, best ball accuracy, best head on like best um, brain for the for the game of football, like Josh Rosen's the number one guy." But don't know if he can stay on the field and don't know if players like playing for him. And I'm I'm listening to that. I'm like, like you guys don't know him like that. Well, like got to give him a chance. Like Aaron Rodgers is somebody who people think is aloof. Like if you're telling me this guy is the, like throws the best ball is the, is one of the more accurate guys has a great mind for the game. Like I love this guy. I watched a bunch of his tape. I thought the same thing. So I'm pro Rosen and I watched the Cardinals last year just because I had to be able to back up my takes on that. And they were so bad, they didn't even let him go for a five-step drop. They wouldn't even hand off David Johnson the ball more than ten times a game because they are afraid he's going to get hurt again because the O-line was that bad. So I'm not putting a bad rookie season on Josh Rosen's shoulder, just like I'm not saying Baker Mayfield is the next Peyton Manning because he had the best rookie season because he had yeah, the best oh. talent around him. So there is a balance here, and I still have faith in Rosen. See, I think... I kind of thought once the Browns drafted Mayfield, I said to myself, Mayfield is going to look like a superstar right out of the gate because he has the best team. And I thought they would make the playoffs last year just because I thought he was ready for that. And they had Todd Haley, who was like a legitimate coordinator, even though he's a little bit of a nut job. Exactly. And I mean, Baker has has that edge where coming into the league, he wasn't going to be afraid. He wanted to win. You know, and that's what's going to help him this year. And I think the Browns, 
I mean, we'll check the odds tomorrow, me and you, you know. Maybe we'll throw in a little a couple couple shekels on it. Hey, now. Look, I mean, the Browns, you know, I think their odds are about to go way, way down. Oh, yeah. And, in a, you know, I'm talking, like, not down in a good way, like, like for, for the betters, you know, a nice plus 1,000. I think it's going to be, like, they might be down, like, you know, what six to one? You think they might be close to the I think, favorites? I, for the I Super believe Bowl next uh, Jason McIntyre of the Big Lead in Fox Sports did something on the herd a couple weeks back, saying they were thirty-three to one uh, back then, and that he he actually kind of predicted the Odell to Cleveland thing a couple weeks ago, and I'm assuming it's going to be up to about plus a thousand. Like I don't think it's going to go too too high. It's crazy. It is so early. There's more moves to be made, but just to hedge, like for just for Vegas to hedge themselves against the public, like they're gonna totally snuff out those odds like it's not going to be as good as you would hope you know yeah. people are probably betting on it already as we speak i wouldn't be shocked if it's already changed you know i mean oh, we, could, we, could ta- we could take a little quick ride over you know the the gothels over there and hit uh, <laughs> or the gw and hit up you know new jersey and we could check it out real quick on our phones but i mean <laughs> hey man i I want to, you know, I would have, I would have loved to have, you know, seen this deal immediately, been in Jersey and locked in, you know, at plus about thirty-three to one odds, because, yeah. geez, I, this is a heck of a move for them, for real. But at the same time, you know, like we were saying, Josh Rosen, if he comes to the Giants, he's got to sit and he's got to learn from Eli, and I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to need, you know, another mentor perhaps as well to maybe get his his mind right because everything you hear about him, even from Arizona, is that he's kind of a lazy guy. Really? You know? I haven't heard. I don't think I've heard that one. They were talk- I, heard, I heard a I little heard... bit on ESPN and uh, on the radio earlier today on the NFL really? Serious Channel. I was hearing more like he doesn't really galvanize his teammates too much, but I never heard the laziness thing. But yeah, not a, not a hard worker. Maybe not lazy, but not a hard worker. Maybe I consider that lazy because oh, you're wow. in the NFL. Because yeah, you're in the NFL, I mean, you're you, paid for you, this, right? Why don't, you, <laughs> <laughs> why don't you get off your high horse, drive to Jersey, and throw some bets in for the both of us, right? I got you. I'll go down to AC. <laughs> but I mean, listen, man, Giants get Rosen. That's a good move. And you know what? He could be the guy that bridges you over to get Trevor Lawrence in two years. Mm. You know, if so it doesn't work out. Spin zone, Josh Rosen helps the tank continue without the Giants looking like they're trying to tank. Still get Trevor Lawrence. I got you. You know, because I, <laughs> I don't know. That's just, you know, that's just, that's just one guy talking, you know, to himself. <laughs> one guy talking to another guy. And that other guy, yeah. Eddie, Eddie <laughs> I love college football podcast, uh, man. This is, it's definitely a little bit of a crazy moment now that we're really, you know, hopefully this was therapeutic for some Giants fans, for some football fans listening to the show, because it really is. Or it really was, I should say, at this point. It really was out of the blue. It was unexpected. There's positives and negatives to take sure. out of it. And if I'm being yeah. completely unbiased, like I'm not a Giants fan right now, which I, I, I do like to give myself some credit here. I think I do a pretty good job of staying unbiased when it comes to my teams, the Knicks, the Giants, the Mets. So there's a possibility that this doesn't hinder the Giants. There's a possibility this actually helps the Giants because if that those two first-round picks hit, if an extra third-round pick helps out with a trade – with signing a player, there are ways, if Jabril Prepper, Peppers continues to improve as a safety, there are ways that this trade helps the Giants. So it's not so cut and dry. Like, I am upset 
that we lost Odell Beckham because I like Odell Beckham because I want him to succeed because he is extremely talented because he is extremely fun to watch. But to just sit here and say Gettleman's absolutely off his rocker, he's a lunatic, he has no idea what he's doing, I think that is neglecting the possibilities of positives coming out of this deal. So mm-hmm. I, I think this is a complex thing here. I'm happy for the Browns. I'm happy for Odell to play with his boy Jarvis Landry. Like That team's going to be fun to watch. They're going to be explosive. But there is not all negative on the Giants' side of this trade as well. No, without a doubt. Like I said earlier, and you just alluded to again, you got two first-round picks this year. That could be incredibly huge. If you hit both of those, you're talking about two guys who could be starting at their positions for at least the next 10 years. You know? And in the third-round pick, like you said, like, you know, we've been talking about that could be used as trade bait now to get you Haskins, to get you Kyler Murray, Drew Locke, whoever, whoever it ends up being some, by draft some day. Other receiver, some other receiver who's not getting paid $20 million a year. DK Metcalf. You know, he's got huge arms. Overrated. <laughs> overrated. Overrated. Exactly. I'm with you on that. You know, people just like that. He's like, you know, six foot two and 400 pounds of muscle. <laughs> Absolute freak. Oh, oh he's man. a freak. But I. I've, you know, I watched him play a lot in in college, and I actually like his uh, teammate AJ Brown a little bit better. Yeah, you know, not to be confused with AJ Green. Oh, this is AJ Brown. Oh, <laughs> AJ, a different color. Very exactly. Nice. Right, well, I think I think what we have to do here, Eddie Arzuman, Zubeard seventy seven on Twitter. I think we need to have you back on the show, my man, when we get to some NFL draft stuff. Because oh, we're to. we're getting close. It's sneaky, not that far away. This NFL draft that we love so much. So, Ed, any last words for your first Sports Blog New York podcast appearance uh, before we let you go? Pete, thanks for having me on, brother. I always appreciate it. I always, I'm always here, man. If you ever need me for the draft or anything, I'm here for you. And one last thing, you know, we didn't get to talk about the Jets oh, this yes, uh, you know, podcast because Odell, you know, Odell's, that was, that is the story. You know, being you both texted back, hopefully Le'Veon signs before. He didn't. Maybe he'll sign when this drops or, you know, maybe a couple hours after, hopefully. But Mike McCagnan does not sign Le'Veon Bell. He did not sign Matt Paredes. He did not sign uh, Anthony Barr. This, if he doesn't get Bell, honestly, this is a failure of an offseason. I wouldn't even want him to be my GM wow. draft day. I thought he was gone before this year anyway, but... Come on, man. C.J. Mosley's a stud. He actually had Anthony Barr. You can't, like, he had him. And then Barr was like, nah. So it's not, eh, it's not a McCagnin. He had him. He, he had him. You know, there was never actually an agreement, though. That's no true. terms That's ever true. came out. That's you know, it was, it was just, elite. oh, hey, he'll be on a four-year deal. It was, you know, it no was money. legal tampering. Exactly. exactly. My favorite they were word talking. in sports. I think honestly, and I heard this a couple places, but I think the Jets jumped the uh, jumped the gun on that. They shouldn't have released that as early as they did. Yeah, well, I think yeah. they may have messed that up. Those sneaky and people in the media, you know, not not the not the the hardworking people on the like overnights. Yeah. yeah, not not, <laughs> not those people. Not us guys. <laughs> those highfalutin riding their high horse media folk who think they know it all. You know, they ruin everything. Exactly, they ruin everything. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, but like I said, Jets, you better sign Le'Veon. Hey. If you don't, it's going to be a very big disappointment. 
I feel you, and Pete, now we'll have to have Pete you back. Brother. We have to talk some more Jets because uh, we were we were planning on doing it, but there's just too much to unpack with this Odell trade. So, Ed, my man, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, brother. Thanks for plugging me the whole way through. I appreciate it. You know, again, anybody who wants to follow me at Zubeard77 on the Twitter machine. You know, my podcast is the I Love College Football Podcast. I have you know my link in my bio. Pete, my man. Anytime you want to have me on, shoot me a text, brother. You got my number. I'll see you. I'll see you the next day at work. That's what it's all about. I'll see you soon, man. Take care, bro. All right. That was Eddie R. Zooming, as he just said, from the I Love College Football podcast, my colleague at The Fan. He broke it down from the New York perspective. We also tried to keep it unbiased as New Yorkers, as a Giant fan, as a Jet fan. And just see it how it is. But another guy who always keeps it real, always tells me how he feels, whether it be about the NFL draft, his Cleveland Browns, or our New York sports teams. This next guest of mine, I'm really happy to have on here. He's a Cleveland Browns guy. He's an NFL draft nut, nerd, whatever you want to call it. He knows his stuff when it comes to the NFL. And here he is, Kevin Kennedy, to break down the Odell Beckham trade. And now joining me on... A day that is very special for him. We do have the same last name, but we do not root for the same team. And uh, he's been on this podcast a couple times before. He's typically our NFL draft expert, but he is also our Cleveland Browns expert, Kevin Kennedy. Welcome to the Sports Blog New York podcast. You must be elated right now. Like, How the hell are you feeling after this Odell trade news broke? You know, it, it was something that I was like, well, I guess I busted my friend's chops over the last week or so. I was like, yeah, I was like, they're going to go do it. They're going to go do it. But I never thought it would actually happen. I mean, there was writing on the wall. It made sense when you think about it. But usually you just don't see guys like that get moved at this point in their career. And to go to a situation where, he has a quarterback he's very friendly with, a quarterback that plays with a similar energy that he does. He has his best friend from college to do whatever dances they plan on doing in the end zone. And then to top that off, he has a head coach who, while he's a first-time head coach, got the job off of being genuine and being a no-nonsense type of guy. So that, and he has his college wide receiver coach from LSU, is also the wide receiver coach at in Cleveland now. So I think it's a perfect structure where they can handle his emotions. And it was almost like they were waiting for him. And for what they gave up, it it doesn't get much better than that. I mean, how mad are you that hard knocks was last year? Uh, I mean, I I think hard knocks is BS. I don't think players like it. No, no, definitely not. They're going to, they're going to be on plenty of primetime games this year. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to see him. All right. Yeah, so we're now we're talking Baker Mayfield, who I texted you this before when I when I had to get your reaction, see if you were available to come on the pod. Baker Mayfield made the Browns cool last year. He made them cool. He made them respectable. He made them be able to put the ball in the end zone. And now, arguably the coolest player in the NFL just joined that team. So ba- Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt at some point or another, Jarvis Landry, uh, Antonio Callaway. David Njoku, a nice, pretty solid offensive line, and a coach who obviously you feel pretty good about. Is this something that you could have expected even even two weeks ago? 
Well, at least you just said Odell's like the oldest one. That's true. He is. He's actually the veteran of the crew. It could be dangerous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the joke was 22. Chubb's like 23. So, I mean, this guy Dorsey, he, he's a he's a madman. And uh, he, knows, he knows what talent looks like, and he goes and gets it. But if I would have told you a year ago, a year ago from today, if I would have told you Odell would be traded to the Browns, and it would be one of the most exciting moves in recent NFL history. Would you believe me? Coming off of an 0-16 year, 1-15, with Hugh Jackson as the head coach. Now I, I tell I, you. If you told me that, I would have said, yeah, exciting for Twitter. Like, it would have been great yeah. for Twitter. But this is actual NFL football that this is going to be exciting for. Yeah, this is like, who doesn't want to see what, what these guys are going to do on the field on a nightly basis? And this is like, compared to the way... The Twitter was when Josh Allen uh, found out that he was going to be thrown to Antonio Brown. Right. You know, there was memes up the wazoo. Now we're getting people that are like uh, mad at Browns fans or like jealous of them. I'm well, like, I don't know what's going on. Your bandwagon just reached max, max capacity. I mean, think about how many people already jumped on the Baker bandwagon. Now this bandwagon is reached to the point where people are automatically going to hate you guys already. You guys now have a target on your back when it comes to fans. Like, some fans are totally on board with your team now, and they're pro-Baker, they're pro-Odell, and they're pro-the Cleveland Browns, which is this crazy thing to say out loud. And I'm probably one of them. Like, I love Odell. I've said it on this podcast over and over. Granted, I'm upset that he's no longer a giant. How am I not? I'm not going to not root for the guy anymore. I'm rooting for this team. I want to see this team be electric. I want to see them on on Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, all day during Sunday, red zone, a whole the whole nine. Like this team has now become the talk of the town. They already had it cooking last year with the what seven were they seven seven and one seven eight and one was that it? Like they already had it cooking last year with a huge turnaround season for them. Now they got a new coach. Baker Mayfield's got his spot. He's the leader of this team, and you just added the most dynamic playmaker in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy what, what what a difference a year makes. And then you look at the other teams in the NFL that kind of get stuck. And, and Browns are one of those teams that were stuck in that conundrum of just losing for so long. And you finally, you get a guy, you get a coach, or a GM rather, and he drafts a quarterback that he believes in, and everything's different in the matter of a year. And now I got to ask you, because it's uh, only fair to think this, especially, you know, there we were just, I was talking with, my man, Eddie Arzuman, from my friend from The Fan, he has his own podcast. We were breaking it down. Uh, we were trying to focus more on the Giants' perspective, but it's hard to not uh, show the Brown side of things. But we were saying a lot of Giants fans uh, do actually think this could be a positive for the Giants. You know, they do think Odell Beckham is a cancer. They do think that Odell Beckham isn't a winning player. Whatever you want to say, there are Giants fans out there who are now happy that Odell Beckham is gone. A lot of us think it's crazy, but there are people who believe that. Is there a small part of you, or maybe a big part of you, that looks at this Browns roster now and looks at a lot of different personalities and sees a possibility of clashing or negativity in the locker room or or some sort of um, you know explosion that can happen down the line? Is there some part of you that's nervous about that? I mean, you always got to be nervous when you have this many conflicting personalities, but the fact that they are close outside of football and that they're friendly outside of football is something that I think, I guess, makes me a little bit comfort. What I'm worried about is what's going to happen with Jarvis Landry's not on this team in a year from now or two years from now. 
because that's inevitable with the money he's making. So, I mean, how you're going to deal with things like that is going to be interesting to see. But if you look at the team from a, a talent point of view, they needed a number one wide receiver, and they needed defensive line help. They went out and they got Vernon. They got Sheldon Richardson. So now they're sitting there in the draft where they could take the best player available with number 17. And you're not telling me there was going to be a, a player better than Odell Beckham at 17 sitting there. Hell no. So I think from that point of view, it was a no-brainer. It's seriously, it, it is really interesting. And now... You did get Vernon from the Giants. You did get Beckham from the Giants. You do have ex-Jet Sheldon Richardson. You have people <laughs> who are just like the scraps of New York who New York either couldn't handle or they couldn't handle New York or they were hurt, whatever it may be. But the Browns have now cleaned up on three ultra-talented players off the Giants and the Jets and added to a already talented roster. What did you think of the return to the Giants? Did you think the Browns gave up a lot? Do you think they gave up just about what's right, do you think it's a steal for them? So, I think it's an absolute steal for the Browns, but uh, I think the Giants had to move Odell regardless, personally. Whether it was Cleveland, whether it was San Francisco, I think that that was a ticking time bomb, and after seeing how Antonio Brown just defeated the Steelers... I think that Odell could have done something very similar in New York. And, and where would you rather be? Would you rather be sitting there with the, the lot of picks you got for Antonio Brown? Or would you rather be there with the with the lot of picks and the player you got for Odell Beckham? So I think if you want to look at it from like a half-full point of view, I think you could say you probably weren't going to get more for him than this offseason, depending on where things went next year. So I think they did a good job of moving him at an appropriate time. I just don't think that they got what what I think we all thought they could have got in return for this play. Right. Well, I mean, San Francisco obviously had a higher first-round pick than the Browns, so you would think that maybe that would have been included if the Giants were to deal with, with the Niners. Uh, but then, you know, is the third-round pick included? Is a, a starting caliber safety included in Jabril Peppers? It's tough to say. But I, I think I agree. And I think you started off by saying it was a steal for the Browns, but then kind of finished by saying the Giants made out all right because it could have been it could have been worse down the road and it was hard to see it get better. Like it's hard to see a better offer in the future for Odell with uh, you know, more possible implosions on the sideline and more possible injuries for Odell Beckham on the field, that this may have been the pinnacle moment. Um, remaining, like the highest peak remaining for them to get a decent deal. Right. Like, if this is what, if this is the most they could have got for him right now, you're convinced you could have got even more in a, at a later date or even after a full another season when God knows what happened with, with whoever they have quarterback on that team next year. So, I mean, while I get it from the Giants' point of view, and I could break down, I think Jabril Peppers is a fantastic player. If any Giants fans want to go on and watch the Browns Broncos game from last year, he was probably the best player on the field that night. He had an interception where he covered about 35 yards, 40 yards of field, went from one side of the hash to the opposite side, made a, made a catch, toe tapped in the end zone, and the game they ended up winning by one point. So that touchdown saving interception essentially won them the game. But what really won them the game was him on a, on a blitz on fourth and ten that essentially – ended the game as time expired. So 
he is he's terrific. I was a big fan of his before the draft. You can go back to our podcast, and I liked him even more. And he was just getting better and better. He's a Jersey kid. He's very easy to root for. He, he's gonna he's gonna talk a lot of crap. He's not gonna put up with crap from other teams and other guys. And he's a guy that you'll gravitate to as a fan, and the players on the team will gravitate towards him because he has that quarterback like swagger energy. And Uh oh. It looks like With you just went through a tunnel. Oh, there you are. Continue. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. No, uh, it's all good. So he's a strong safety that has above average cover skills, but he's more of like a outside linebacker. Like he's like a, like a widget player. He does a lot of different things. And but the thing is that he's not like a premier player. In in his his position doesn't hold a lot of value. So while he's a good player, and I think they, they did a good job by getting him, and he's he's a player you could build around, I just don't think that a first is and, – and Jabril Peppers and a third-round pick the Browns got for Danny Shelton is enough in return for a caliber player like Beckham. But if that was the most they got, that just shows you where the league thought of, of Odell at this time. And it goes back to the Antonio Brown thing. If that's the most they could have got – for Antonio Brown, it really shows you where these guys are and how teams view diva wide receivers that want money. And I, I think I'm going to have to add to your resume just NFL personnel expert because you really do a good job. That's why I wanted to have you on. I should also add that you're doing this post a day of busy season accounting work. So shout out to you for on your way home just spitting some great takes from your car driving through New Jersey, figuring it out uh, on the road here. So thank you so much for coming on. Um, no so you are the Browns expert. You are the per- the draft expert. You are the personnel expert. And speaking of Browns expert, uh, in that trade you mentioned for Olivier Vernon, there's also another guy from the Browns who came over back to the Giants. You mentioned to me in, in a text conversation we had the other day about Zeitler. So give our listeners a quick background on this guy. Uh, he, he's probably a top 10, top 10 guard. He, he's going to go in every day. He's going to work. He's been very durable. He, he knows the ins and outs of this league. He knows how to play in the cold weather. He's from Cincinnati, and then he went to Cleveland, and he just dominates. He, I think he gave up something like 11 pressures this year. Pressures. The Giants' right guard gave up 40. <laughs> and he's just, he's just a mauler. You, you can't get by him when he's sandwiched in between a center and a tackle. You're not going to get by him. He's not the most athletic guy. So he might not be elite at getting to the second level in running game. But what he makes up for that is he's one of the best pass-blocking guards in, in the league because once he gets you, you ain't going nowhere. And now, from the Giants' point of view, it was a no-brainer trade. You have an edge player who's clearly not a, a number one dynamic pass rush player on a big contract on a defense that's going nowhere fast. You're at some point going to invest in a quarterback. And that quarterback is going to need to be protected protected and there's no way you know easier way to ruin a quarterback than by letting him get blown up from up the middle every play all right so kevin you have odell beckham you have your number one receiver you have your compliment to miles garrett and olivier vernon you do actually have a replacement guard for zeitler so even though you like zeitler you have a young guard that you guys drafted last year to replace him already is there anything else the browns need and if so or if not, what are your expectations now going into next season? 
Well, to uh, they, they they need a, a tight end that can block. And there was a guy I liked at 17, so uh, obviously I don't think I'm going to be getting him now. But uh, I think I'm happy with the way that that whole situation worked out. And they need uh, they need some more skill players on the defensive end. Cornerback won't hurt. Now they, they have a hole at safety. They have a guy who might be able to slide in, and Kindred who's done it before. And they uh, they lost Jamie Collins, so they're going to need some linebackers somewhere down the line. Uh, a guy I'd be interested in is Darren Lee, to be honest, if they're looking to move him. But, uh, you know, if you look at the Browns before today, before they signed Richardson, before they brought in Odell Beckham, all they did was bring in Hunt and Vernon, and they were already the most improved team in the division. You have the Steelers trading away that right tackle, losing Bell, losing Brown. Ben's getting a year older, you know, and uh, they lost Jesse James as well. And then you look at the Ravens who lost Terrell Suggs, C.J. Mosley, um, what's his name, Darius Smith, I believe? Yep. And Eric Weddle. So all these teams got worse. And just by the Browns signing a guy um, off, the, off the scrap heap, I guess is putting it nicely, and uh, trading uh, a guard for a, a very good defensive end, they were already the most improved team. So this, these moves they made today put them even even further over the edge. And um, they still got money to spend if they want to go get some secondary help. And they have... Believe it or not, eight picks in this draft. Where if they want a finagle to go up and get some guys, you bet your ass they can do it. And Dorsey's shown that he's not afraid to make some aggressive and risky moves. No, he is not. And I think John Dorsey is one of the most liked guys from fans. I don't know how other GMs feel about him now that he's a dwindle, like swindling Gettleman and the Giants and picking up guys who are kind of on the the no no list and Kareem Hunt at this point. But from uh, from a guy who's rooting for his team perspective you gotta love John Dorsey he's willing to take a risk he's willing to put big time players together no matter the personality or and figure that stuff out later so it's good it's cool to watch last thing for you I know I said that was the last one but here's the last thing for you I know say you were Dave Gettleman I don't think you would have traded Odell Beckham but let's say you're Dave Gettleman you black out on March 11th you wake up and you're like what happened what happened and everyone's like yo what do you mean what you just traded Odell Beckham Jr. and you're like oh yeah no I know I know I know Right, so that's you. You are now Dave Gettleman. You just traded Odell Beckham Jr. What is your three-year plan? Like, what it, what happens next year? What happens at quarterback? And what's like the best case scenario in a couple of years from now? My my plan for Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer is to uh, to uh, get rid of them. Uh, <laughs> so you'd fire yourself if you were Dave Gettleman. <laughs> I wasn't a Pat Shermer fan. I experienced him in Cleveland. I thought he was in over his head. I don't think he's cut out to be a head coach. And Dave Gettleman is a guy who has good ideas. He he just values the wrong things in the NFL. He doesn't understand the way the NFL is nowadays. Like the moves he's made, you know, like just look at it this way. And I, I know I said I like Zeitlin. I like the trade. Would you ever trade a pro ball defensive end for an offensive guard? That actually might be the only move that is forward thinking. Not gonna, not gonna lie, that might be the only one I could really strongly defend because Vernon wasn't really getting the job done for us, and our O line right, so right, bad that right. we can use it all. Like that's the one defendable move for him. And, that, and that's and that's like, and that's like, that's like when you put it in a, in a vacuum and just ask, would you trade a very good defensive end for a very good guard? You'd probably take the very good defensive end. Now, if you compile that with all the things that are going on with with the Giants' defense and where they're at. 
you know, structurally, the, the move made a ton of sense, and I got it. I thought that was a win-win, um, 110%, because the Browns were dealing from a surplus, and the, and the Giants had a, had a guy they were paying who they weren't who was, was not going to meet that production there. And I, he's not obviously going to meet that production in Cleveland, but he might he might enable Garrett to do some more things if you don't have to focus in on him all game. But for Gettleman, you got to find the quarterback you like in this draft. And I would take Haskins because I think he's the safest. Um, and then you're sitting there at 17. I would take the offensive lineman coming out of Washington State, uh, Andre Dillard, because he's another guy who can mirror. You can put him right side. You can put him on the left side. And then you got you got an offensive line. At least you'll be able to protect this kid and give him a shot. I mean, nobody was talking about how good the, the Browns roster was a year ago. And all they did was made a couple moves and bring a guy like Baker Mayfield. And all of a sudden, Brashad Perryman and Greg Robinson are getting contract extensions. Right. So if you find that guy, he'll hide other holes. And uh, I, I think Haskins has a, has a lot to it. He scares me because he's a one-year starter. But you're either there's two things you can do this year. You can punt on this year and do what the Browns did. And you might be better for it like the Browns are right now. But it's going to be ugly. It's a lot more different doing that in Cleveland than it is in New York. You know, are you ready to go out there and watch it? Uh, watch Kyle Lowletter start 16 games? I mean, what's the difference between watching him and watching Eli? If we're being honest at this point, right. it might be better. Right. right, and then and then you'll be you'll be primed up. Maybe you trade down from six to someone that wants to come up and get somebody, and you pick up another first round pick from next year. You know, there's ways you can go about it, and. The fact that Gettleman's in there, and I don't think he's gonna, he's a he's a rebuild type of guy. I think he's gonna make some rash decisions this year, and um, I think both GMs in New York right now are on the clock, and what they do this year will determine whether they're they're there in the, in the following year. Yeah, that's good stuff. Kevin Kennedy, my guy, my NFL draft, my NFL personnel, my NFL Cleveland Browns expert, with some great takes on the New York teams as well. Uh, on the Giants, I think you you had some good perspective. Not being a Giants fan, obviously your your team just made a trade with them, but I, I appreciate you bringing the unbiased perspective, telling it how it is, telling us about some of the players that your team sent our way. Speaking of Zeitler and Peppers, last thing, and this is going to just be a one word, one sentence answer. Where's Le'Veon Bell signing in your opinion? Oh, Oakland. Oakland. Yeah, back with AB. Yeah. Okay. I mean- I read something that that Gruden wants Kyler, uh, Brown, and Bell. Wow, so. Carr, Sayonara. That would be absolutely insane. But hey, I'm here. I'm here for. I'm here for Oakland Raiders. Uh, fire firestorms. Ride that bus into Vegas. That's crazy. That's crazy. All right, Kevin Kennedy, get home safe. Thanks for jumping on after your long hours of being a top-notch accountant in the tri-state area. Anytime, buddy. That's it. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the SBNY Podcast. Don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button on iTunes Apple Podcast app. And also, if you like what you've been hearing, drop some five stars on there. Drop a little review. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you think of the Odell Beckham trade. Love to hear from you guys. Also, hit me on Twitter at pkennedy 2 wise And again, seriously, thanks for listening.